0: Hello, internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 148. I am Joe Dubs. Hi, I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And...
1: Ride ride.
0: And... <laughs> the Matthew McConaughey. Uh, we are going to be talking about our... Uh, each of us chose our... One of our best directors that we like. Uh, because we, we can't just say that they're the best, but... In my opinion, mine, I chose uh, Christopher Nolan, which we'll be talking about Tenet and Interstellar. But before we get into Christopher Nolan and his movies, um, guys, what the hell you've been watching, playing or doing? Uh, I'm going to choose Andy first.
1: Um, Netflix. There was a I watched a random South Korean movie called Forgotten. It's pretty interesting. It's uh, like this the this guy He and his family move to a new home and then his brother gets kidnapped in front of him and he comes back like 19 days later or something and he's got amnesia about the whole thing and he's trying to like solve the mystery of why that happened and then it ends up there's a bunch of twisty bullshit that happens. It's a pretty entertaining movie. It's not bad. Uh, I started Last of Us, but don't get excited. I'm barely into it. I'm still like horsing around and the game's still teaching me how to play it. And I I watched episode two, The Bad Batch. It's still good and I'm still enjoying it pretty much it
0: okay zach what about you
2: um let's see i have been playing a bunch of games still i beat uh command conquer tiberian sun uh just a couple days ago finally (laughs) (laughs) um still playing playing re8 right now uh playing quake uh what else am i playing started kind of playing dune 2 on the side um yeah gotta play the, the grandfather of rts games i've never done it
1: oh.
2: um uh what else i did this a while back and for some reason i forgot to mention it but i read jim ross's first book um slobber knocker while i was out of town the first time and uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I feel like he kind of skipped around a bit. It, maybe it got edited down or something. I feel like it skipped around certain parts of his career mm-hmm. a little too much. But it was still super interesting. I, I pretty much like read it like hardcore. I haven't done that with a book for a while.
0: Does he talk about the WCW days?
2: Yeah, he does. I just feel like not enough.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So that's what's missing.
2: Got to save it for the other books. Well... I think what they're doing is they're doing, like, abbreviated, like, you know, amounts of time in each area of his career or something. Because, like, I mean, it's there. I mean, the biggest parts of his career are there up to when he is in WWF at the end of 1998. Like, he's still there. Nothing happened. He had his first or his second or first Bell's palsy palsy attack. I forget which it was. And it kind of made his future in question for a while. But uh, i check it out if you're into wrestling books. It's pretty interesting. Um, I've also still been watching action button reviews. I'm still watching this massive dumbass review of a Japanese dating sim you can't play because if you can't read Japanese, you can't fucking play it.
1: How far into six hours are you? Uh,
2: pretty much where I left off from when I was talking to you last night. Okay,
1: so you're, <laughs> you're coming up on like the first playthrough then, right?
2: No, I finished first playthrough. Okay, the first
1: playthrough, you're in the middle. Okay. Wow, the middle. six hours? Six hours Yours, he talks about this game. Well, he it, it, it's it's Japanese only. Like it, I talked about it a little bit on another episode, but it's just a, this massive dating sim of a game, and they can't translate it all. I mean, someone could. But no, it has. So the whole middle of this video is two full... I mean he he abbreviates playthroughs of the games so that you can understand what the games like. So yeah. he says like if you don't want to watch 6 hours you can skip parts 3 and 4 but of course you'll watch them cuz you, you got to know what the hell this game's all about.
2: Yeah. Essentially it's like 2 hours worth of him kind of playing the game in a quick quick style. It, it's entertaining. It's still great so. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it.
0: All right. All right, so I finished Resident Evil 8. I won't do any spoilers since Zach and Andy hasn't played it. Um, Andy, I played it.
1: I'm just played it it. for a while.
0: <laughs> what is that?
1: Uh, I said I was watching you play it for a while. I don't think I got any spoilers. You were talking to some guy, and he sounded kind of like Hunter S. Thompson, and then he threw you in a basement, and a guy made out of an airplane attacked you. That's <laughs> Heisenberg. Oh. I
2: thought he. I thought it sounded like he was doing a Nicholas Cage impression. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I get that a little bit too. But he's. I don't know. Just some of the words he used and his the the pace of his speech. I was like, this guy's got like a Hunter Thompson thing going on.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, that part, dude. Right after that part, I it, it took a long time to get through to factory, but I digress on that. But I can't wait to talk to Zach about the ending because I. God, I want to I want to talk about it so bad, uh, but we'll save that for uh Nemesis Project or Sweet. or Accelerate Gamer a little bit of both since uh, I did beat the game, um, I'm trying to think what else I'd done, but I think that's the only thing I've done <laughs> is play Resident Evil. Uh, I played Mercenaries, so um. Oh, like that that game is good and I I'll, I'll save my opinion on where it's going to be in our ranking because it's going to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh going to have to do a lot of editing. Uh but that's all. I let's let's get into some Christopher Nolan. Now, Andy, you wanted to know why I chose Christopher Nolan.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, um
1: I'm also anxious to see how you convince five hours of movie into our normally an hour long podcast
0: oh we're definitely going to be skipping a lot of shit (laughs) so um the reason why i choose christopher nolan um is because his writing is unique how he shoots things is unique um he he could literally take anything and make it feel grounded i mean look at the batman series would you ever think like there would be a Batman, even a villain, to be grounded like what Christopher Nolan does, because I, I can't think of another director that could do that besides maybe um, the the one who did the Joker movie. Um, Interstellar uh, is interesting. We'll we'll talk about that it's
2: uh, mildly. I think. But. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't. Prestige was awesome. There's always the themes of, about his movies. Everything has a a message. Every I, I want to see a, a, at least most of his movies have an open ending, where they make you think. Look at Inception with the totem. Look at uh, Tenant, where it's like, when does this movie start? Where where does it end? You don't know. And look at
1: Dunkirk. Who's gonna win that world war?
0: Yeah. Well, besides that one, I said most. Okay, <laughs> I said most. Uh, Prestige was like that as well. Memento had something where you're just like, wait, I gotta go back and watch that movie again. So uh, Nolan has a thing where, it, like, video games replay value. He has replay value on his movies all the time. Uh, it, Interstellar. Uh, I watched it so many times. Every time I watch that movie, I end up enjoying it. I never want to be distracted while watching that movie. Tenant, I had to watch a million times to know what the fuck is going on, and I still don't know what's going on, but I have an idea uh, what they were trying to do. I I, just, I, I I just like what he does, and he writes like most of his movies.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that. I didn't know that before, but I started looking into it, and I was impressed that he actually does write, like, screenplay and, and the the actual story for a lot of his movies. Have you seen every one of his movies?
0: Um, I think I haven't seen one. Uh, I haven't
1: seen Following. That's the only one I haven't seen. Me
0: see. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either.
1: It's, I think it's his first, as far as I understand. But I've seen all the others. Which one is your favorite?
0: My favorite, Uh, it actually got uh dethroned. But my first favorite was inception and then interstellar came in and i said interstellar is the best and i still stand by this that interstellar is my favorite movie of all time wow yeah so it it, it tops <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh it tops uh the matrix because the matrix was pretty up there as well so okay um i let's get into some tenet, i guess uh this is a weird movie where the protagonist doesn't have a name. His name is protagonist. Um, he he's in this like opera or like a orchestrator, and was that Russia?
1: I believe yeah. so. Yeah, it's Kiev. Uh, like Kiev. Kiev. Kiev yeah, I would yeah. Say actually, that's in Ukraine or is it in Russia? Okay. It's Ukraine. Okay, I couldn't remember.
0: Yeah, so it starts off with that scene, and you're just like, "What is going on?" Because The music is really fucking loud in this uh, movie. Uh, It really is.
1: I I mean, right off the bat, the music, the mixing, I can't can't hear people. Like, they're always, like, wearing goddamn gas masks and stuff. And there's several times I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying.
2: Mm -hmm. I had to turn on subtitles for decent parts of this movie to understand people.
1: And, like, the soundtrack of this movie is all right. I'd love to say I loved it, but I didn't. The, the The soundtrack in Interstellar is fucking phenomenal. It's great. Well, it has Hans the, Zimmer, so. But yeah, that's that's Hans Zimmer. But the soundtrack in Tenet is just like okay. But I don't know why they insisted on making it like front and center for so many scenes. Yeah.
0: Um. So they're in this like uh opera area because it has like the arena uh, coliseum kind of thing going on, and. These terrorists come in and they're planting bombs and, you know, the, the protagonist says, like, some code word. What was it again? Like, is it the Twilight or something like that?
1: We live in a Twilight world. Yeah. And there's no friends at dusk, I think, is the answer phrase or something like that.
0: Yeah. So he, uh, you know, grabs this guy, then brings him to this room uh, and tells him, like, there's, there's people here. They're blowing up bombs and shit. So they go collect the bombs and then, you know, they're fighting, they're shooting at each other. Then uh, the protagonist is about to get shot by one of the terrorists, but an inverted bullet kills that guy. Uh, and then there's a little coin on the backpack and you're like, "Ooh, I wonder who that is and all that stuff. And you you find out later what's going on, which we'll get to. Uh so th- this is where it gets confusing because after that mission because they they get they get this little piece of metal casing thing which you find out is the algorithm of whatever this uh, powerful weapon is the mcguffin yeah and uh he goes back to the the van and the people that had him in the van like take him hostage they go to a train station um, apparently this was a test to be in the group of tenant, um, which is like a secret, secret organization, <laughs> an organization, organization army of time, uh, <laughs> uh, which he, I, I guess he was pulling their, uh, their teeth out and to the they point,
1: torturing him. they wanted, they wanted names or whatever and he didn't give them up. He, he tried to kill himself instead.
0: Yeah. And he took the cyanide pill, which apparently wasn't a, a cyanide pill. It was just put him in a coma and he woke up and he's like, you passed the test uh, where you meet this guy on the boat. And the guy's like, hey, um, all, to get into the right doors, you got to say this word, but you also get into the wrong doors and you have to say tenant. And apparently if you say tenant to somebody, <laughs> they could either be your enemy or foe. Um,
1: for too.
0: Yeah, you got to do the, the secret handshake, which
1: no one no one does. I don't think the whole rest of the movie.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> with it, does he ever say tenant? Sort of. He
0: said it to the scientist, to the first person. He says, yeah. "Have you ever heard of tenant?" And then she's like, "You know, come in here." Uh, and then you know that's when you see her her teach him about the inverted time and all that stuff, and you kind of get the rules of the movie where it's like. You didn't pick that up like, you know, Jedi powers. You're dropping it. So you're seeing it like backwards or forward. You have,
2: to, you have to act like you're dropping it for you to pick it up and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like it, it, it plays with the thing of, you know, time, time happens at the same time. Uh, while you're going forward, you, you know, uh, you're also coming back at the same time. Um, cause and effect are literally happening, uh, w- w- which they do down the road where they talk about the oxygen and shit. But I'm not—we're not there yet. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think—he meets Neil, which is uh, Robert Pattison, right? Uh, I was
2: surprised he was in this movie. I was like, "Oh, he's in this." He's—he's—he's yeah. he's pro-
0: he's- he, he's, sorry to interrupt you. He's my favorite character um and favorite actor in this movie because i think everybody else is just bland
1: really you don't like uh you don't like the the lead john david washington he t- he didn't I have... thought he did a good job i he... thought he was killer i thought he was excellent
0: i don't know I, I, he felt plain to me
2: he I... is just a guy called the protagonist yeah i mean
1: yeah <laughs> i mean this movie is uh to to kind of switch gears into another area of conversation, this movie's just a spy movie, right? But it's got a bunch of extra bull sci fi bullshit. True story.
0: Yeah. True story. And this Andy, this is why I did my book report. As you said, uh, apparently Christopher Nolan loves the Bond movies, and he loves Roger Moore, and he awesome. he basically made uh, Robert Pattinson into his own version of Roger Moore. <laughs> so, uh, and it it was very spy like. Uh, In this in this movie, Um, I guess my question to you guys is. I know all time travel stuff is confusing, but do you think Christopher Nolan written it down enough to have a person understand it in a way?
1: Probably not. From what I understand, it took him like five years off and on to like hammer out what the hell happens in this movie and i'll bet you there's some like kind of loose ends he's got in there it it really pesters me that you never quite find out and i I understand it like takes place way in the future or whatever but you never quite find out the war that's happening in the future or whatever you never find the conflict or you you don't even really know who the players are Mm -hmm. but they're but they're somehow aware that there's this a scientist and she creates it and then sends it sends it in nine pieces back to the nine you know nuclear powers at the beginning of the 21st century or it's, it's it's confusing but you, you never how did they know that and then who's in this war because uh, when he's talking to the the scientist at the beginning she's like oh we're finding pieces and it. it's coming from this this war in the future what war in the future i want to know That's interesting but yeah, you
0: never know. <laughs> yeah that that stuff is more interesting i think i uh i, I think the point of this movie uh was obviously around that <laughs> that russian dude who's like has like cancer and he's like i'm going to take everybody out with me if <laughs> cuz he's an asshole yeah. um so like you're having that story uh play out you know, where, you know, she's being abused. She's, uh, she can't leave because, you know, if I can't have you, nobody can't have you, kind of thing going on here. Um, I think what's interesting is you, like, like you say, you don't, you don't know who the players are, but you can kind of, uh, theorize a little bit. So I have some theories and I actually read them up online as well that, the scientist that you see in the beginning that explains everything, either her in the future figures out what inverted technology is, and then she sends it back because now she has the technology. There's a theory that she's the person because remember that Indian chick? She said, you know, the scientist in the future brought back information to us yeah. and then and, and hid the algorithm. So there's a theory that either her... And they point out that she was pregnant in that scene. now is she pregnant in real life? That could be a possibility,
1: but I didn't catch that,
0: yeah, but apparently, um, she's pregnant, and maybe her daughter um in the future is that person that does it because the mom is uh working on the the inverted technology, so that that's a possibility. There's also another theory that the who was the chick's name? the chick with the uh, the abusive husband husband what was cat. his cat cat. There is a theory going on that she was the actual protagonist and she's the one who's actually running tenant and used the 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 protagonist to run her duties um, which could make sense a little bit. Um, especially when she was on the phone at the end and said, you know, somebody's there and then (laughs) the fucking guy comes in the back and shoots him. But you could also counter that with, well, he knew, he knew that they were going to be there because he has that inverted shit. But.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's why he gave her that device, the phone, you know, if you ever feel threatened speak into this and he's just, he's there because of time magic.
2: The movie to me seemed to make it pretty clear at the end that the protagonist is actually the one that runs Tenet at the yeah. end.
1: But I mean, that's, him. that's what, that's, yeah. Like he figures it out and he says it. And also Robert Pattinson kind of tells him, Hey, you recruited me. Like you have a, you have a bright future in the past or something like that. Yeah. But it, it, that is fun. I mean, she's uh cat's kind of the character who has one of the biggest arcs in this. Cause like yeah. protagonist, he's like confused. He's the fish out of water. And then he starts learning about all the stuff and he's a spy, but besides besides the actual the actual plot the actual conflict of the plot he doesn't overcome a whole lot like he doesn't grow as a character as much whereas she like has a lot more to do so i i'd say there's something to that possibly
0: Uh, and i really like how they explained how uh, and i know you know what fuck trying to like tell the whole story because you really can't without it's not it's not worth it yeah uh,
1: (laughs) if you have hbo max it's on there go watch it is it or hbo whatever What's the one? I don't know. I, I watched Godzilla. On. I,
2: it's on HBO Max. I yeah. had not watched it on Voodoo. That was the only other thing it was on.
0: Oh, I I bought it. I bought it's it on there. one of So
2: I didn't want to buy it. I didn't know if I'd like it or not. <laughs> so. Uh,
0: so I really liked the little chambers that they had where you like you go in one end and like you're going back in time.
1: The turnstile. Yeah. Who made this shit? How'd that stuff get there?
0: I don't know. I, I, that. Well, some
1: of them were made by like the government agency or whatever, or by uh, uh, Sator or whatever his name is.
0: I think my number one thing is who were they fighting? Was that the opposing people because they were in great camos? And Russians,
2: I, it was just Sator's people, I think. He had, Yeah, his it own, was like his their,
1: mercenary people. Okay. It wasn't
2: made very clear, but that's essentially what i like assumed when i was watching it
1: It it seemed kind of they said that there was going to be like a a nuclear an underground detonation for test purposes or something presumably by the russian government so it's it's possible it's like the russian equivalency to the tenant organization or something
2: Mm -hmm. maybe
1: that that, that's at the at the moment that's kind of what i was thinking it was but if so then it's a shame because they're not necessarily bad guys but do it makes you, more sense that they B be sitters, guys
0: since there's a lot of time travel and stuff and and keep in mind like in order to do like this forward and backward shit like you have to isolate yourself because remember they have to isolate into these containers and all that stuff so do you think that people that we see on screen such as i'm going to use this as an example and i'm not saying this is what it is i read this is a fan theory guys if anybody's listening, fan theory meaning that Nolan never commented on this, and it's not true, but people think Neil is Max Cat's kid. And
1: Maybe. I don't know. When, whenever you do time travel, you open up all kinds of 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 possibilities like that. So who knows?
0: And the commander for the the pincer—I don't know what they called that uh, attack, whatever the pincer. The-
1: Something. Oh, yeah, you're right. Temporal um, pincer. Temporal. Yeah, yeah. I always said Kronos.
0: Temporal pincer. You know, the part where he's like about to shoot uh, Neil and the protagonist, and he's like, ah, nah, never mind. It's not. And then he broke up. He's like, you're going to split up the algorithm. I, I don't know where you're going and everything. People. The, another theory is that that person is fucking Michael Caine's character uh, with, with all the time travel and stuff. I don't know, but like, it. it it makes me want to like rewatch the movie to see if like small clues like that happen. Um,
1: I really I like think, that
2: other character though. By the way, I feel like some of that stuff's just overthinking the plot. I actually yeah. didn't think it was too like obscured or you know to me or anything. It felt fairly straightforward after a certain point.
1: Yeah, luckily. Uh, um Nolan does an extremely good job of, of writing a movie that has a lot of confusing elements, but all the plot beats you get, he's the bad guy. These are the good guys. They have to stop him. And there's always a scene where they state plainly what they got to do. Look, we're going to go to this place and we're going to go underground and get something. And she's going to go to this place and just make sure he doesn't kill himself yet. Like it's in plain English. And even even the dum dums in the audience are like, oh, I get it now. There's going to be a gunfight, and she needs to make sure he doesn't kill himself yet.
0: All right. So I want to throw this at you guys and tell me what you think. So let's play with the idea that Cat is the head honcho. Like she was, because what she knows, she knows Spencer's, you know, uh, dealings and all that stuff. And he, she kind of had the protagonist be her. Essentially, James Bond, while she's M, pretty much. Um, so, when she shot her husband on the yacht, because remember, they had a dead man switch. Why did she jump the gun? Did she know that the bomb was not going to go off? Or do you think well, she
1: that- said she couldn't stand the fact that he might think he won? He, she wanted him to know that he had lost.
0: Yeah, she just wanted to murder him really bad. Yeah, Yeah, she
1: she was being selfish. (laughs) Okay,
0: if we're looking at human uh, emotion, I would agree with you. But if you knew based off of going through this machine because you were shot with an inverted bullet and then back to life because of the protagonist and this technology and you were told, well, if he dies, the whole world is ending. Would you still take that shot?
2: I mean, I'd argue she was the most human character out of all of them. I, yeah. I, I, Everyone
1: else is like government robot man, and she's like acting out of passion.
0: So, and essentially she's being selfish, right? Which is another human emotion.
1: 100%. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. I don't know. I, I always like to think like there's always a hidden layer that like even... you no- get
1: You get too hung up on like internet bullshit, like... Fan rumors. It's like, let's just talk about the movie. Like I don't. We don't need to talk about what. But you know, it's
0: interesting though. Like it, even if there is a hidden layer, like it's interesting if it does happen because Nolan's never going to say anything.
1: Good. He shouldn't.
0: Yeah. It, just like David Lynch. <laughs> I like. Can you elaborate on that? No.
1: <laughs> watch the movie and interpret it yourself. I'm not going to spoon feed you this plot. Read a book if that's what you're into. But. Uh,
0: but they did make it clear that Neil knew the protagonist for a really long time before they met. So at some point in in the future, whether that be a year, whether that be a month from the, the ending of the movie, um, that some point he's going to know uh, the protagonist. Because remember, the prote- uh, Neil knew what protagonist drank. Remember, he doesn't drink on the job.
1: I really liked... Um... I got a bit of a of a film lover boner when he referenced Casablanca when he's leaving. I guess this is the, this is the end of a beautiful relationship mm-hmm. as he's going to get on an aircraft. Like, oh, it's cool. I like that.
0: <laughs> I I think what I really liked about this movie is the protagonist broke the loop. Because he could have kept the loop, kept on going. And Neil does the loop because... He dies. His 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 ending in that loop is when Spencer uh, Spencer uh, shoots him in that uh that locked area. By yeah. the way,
1: yeah, because he sees the little thing hanging out of the backpack, and at the end you realize it's him. <gasps> oh, he's gonna go
0: die. Yeah, and apparently Neil went through the machine like a, a like two times. I think I don't know. I I saw a timeline of somebody uh doing it because he. Saw them run and that was the Humvee that was honking, which was yeah. r- really cool. cool.
1: I, I, I kind of thought that was obvious. It was frustrating because when they're going into the tunnel that Humvee that the vehicles driving up behind them like blasting the horn.
0: I didn't think that. I, and I
1: thought, oh, it's someone trying to warn them of something.
0: Yeah, and I I like that they showed in from Neil's point of view that he saw somebody do the tripwire. Uh I like that touch. Um, I want to know at one point, when did he save him at the opera house?
2: It was, uh, downtime. it was when he was trying to get that last bomb and then that, that guy grabbed him. and He's like, what are you doing? He was one of the terrorists.
0: No, no. It, it, what I'm trying to say is like in the timeline of the movie, when do you think he did that? Or it was just off-camera scene
2: before
1: m- i assume like, yeah. like you said he, you recruited me like from way in the future or, or something like that you so. had to go save him first from
2: getting killed on that fucking terrorist action
1: yeah yeah
0: all right my question to you guys and i'll give you my answer quickly uh what was your favorite scene my my favorite scene was the airport scene uh when they had to do the crash to plane uh and then get the painting and all that shit Um, I really like that part where, you know, the protagonist is fighting the protagonist. Um,
2: we didn't know it though yet. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I like the part when Neil like sees the protagonist and he's like, Oh, fuck it. I, you know, I'm just going to run away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what's your guys' favorite scene?
1: I I don't know. Either, uh, either that, you know, the, the, the heist kind of section or, um, I guess the climax not to be cliché but it's like, you know, there's this big big fun gunfight and and the cat's on the ship trying to to get Seder or not kill himself and then she decides to shoot him anyway. I don't know, that's fun. I like that part.
0: Zach, what about you?
2: Um, I like the opening scene quite a bit at the opera house and on all that stuff going on. You're just like, what what the hell's happening? You're trying to piece together like what's going on exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but the action's done really well and the actor, Mr. What's his dude what's his dude this dude's name we see?
0: Something Washington.
2: John David Washington, he really um exudes a sense of like urgency and like I need to hurry up and do all this shit really fast right now. It's shit's riding on this kind of stuff. I, I, I
1: thought it was extremely good in this movie. He's great. Like this is uh people were always like oh they should make James Bond black. Yeah, cast this guy.
2: He was cool. I was, did just do a different fucking movie though. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I did like when he uh
0: yeah. the heist moment you're talking about when they're in the highway and they box that truck in, right?
1: Yeah. No, I, I I I meant in the, the airport, what you said. Uh, oh, I, th- I I thought about that actually cuz to me that was a heist.
0: Yeah, that that highway scene was fucking awesome too, I will say. I was uh happy uh, happy to see that and also uh I I want to commend them because they had to act actually like running backwards in time but going forward did you see how they 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 were running
1: i figured they just like reversed some
2: footage i thought that's i kind of thought that too they used some editing tricks
0: oh no, no 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 like there when uh when the protagonist put on the oxygen and he's gonna go into the car that you see flip like he's actually running weird like the time is all fucked up just watch it again. At some point, if you ever watch it again, watch that, and then watch when they go to the airport in the the SWAT gear. They're walking weird. It's mm-hmm. like it's like they're they're going forward, but it looks like you know time is distorted. Just,
2: I I think sometimes they are doing that, and then sometimes it's just through reversing footage.
1: Yeah, maybe sometimes it was easier for them to get the actors to just actually do it, but I, I'm sure most of the time they just. Yeah, I
0: wasn't saying the it, whole, whole when, time. when they're
1: doing both, that's what's like when you can see both the red team and blue team at the same time. And like some people are doing reverse shit and some people are doing forward shit. That's impressive. Like I understand that all they did was shoot it twice and then digital, like, you know, lap them over top of each other. But man, it looks cool. It's a fun time. It, it's It's so nice because normally special effects are like. You know, an army of CG artists and all this other bullshit. And in this movie, they make all their special effects out of... And we just ran the film backwards.
0: <laughs> and that scene was... Imp- and this
1: movie had a lot of practical effects, too, I noticed.
0: Yeah, that scene was impressive, too, the whole battle scene. Because they used the blue team to scout for 10 minutes for the red team. And then the red team, you know, pretty much uh, did the effect of what, you know, blue team saw. So I, I really... And apparently they couldn't see, uh, weren't supposed to see each other. Is that correct?
1: No, I think they do. I mean, they're there at the same time, right?
0: Yeah, but there was a part part where he's like, you can't, you know, let them see you. Or the mission's fucked up. Unless they're talking about the enemy. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, Yeah, to go back, I like how the protagonist kind of like, because he's like, oh, we could change how things are done with the Indian chick. Because the Indian chick's like, oh, we got to do, you know, what we're supposed to do. What was it? Ignorance as ammunition or something like that. Um Yeah. I, I just like how the protagonist just plays out of the rule book. He's like, fuck this. I'm doing things my way. Yeah. And, <laughs> and instead of just like. Going with the flow, or ha- 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 as Neil said, it would have Was ha- happened? Happened. He's like, no, you could change that. <laughs> we have this technology. What? Why don't we do it? And then the Neil explains like about like uh, multiple dimensions and parallel worlds and all that stuff.
1: Um, it's best not to think about that too hard because it really seemed to me like there's always the rules, the Terminator rules, Back to the Future rules, whatever. Mm. But it seemed to me that the timeline that this movie presents is everything has already happened like you still have to go through the motions you still have to do all the stuff but i don't it doesn't seem like anything really changes because when they get to the airport he's already there twice and like uh when Kat's talking about when they were in vietnam she saw another woman dive off the ship and she was like envious of that like that's that's the 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 poetry at the end she's envious of that woman gets to leave whenever she wants and it ends up being her she was envious of herself it seems to me like everything has already happened but you still have to go do it that's what he's saying at the end is i gotta go back into this mission because i'm there twice i gotta do all the stuff i did the second time including die
0: oh he acts is neil it's like i was about to shoot myself in the head he's like well would you would have done something different if i told you how do, how does that break the chain of events? Because, you know, at times, you know, that change could be bad for them where the bomb goes off and they all die. Um, which is interesting. I,
1: I think some of them think they can change things. But my interpretation was everything's set. Like when he says, we're still here, so we must succeed, right? And then he talks about alternate universes or whatever. But that's my interpretation is, yeah... You must succeed, I assume, but you know the movie's still exciting because you don't know that for a fact. That's what I that, that's what I took away from it. All
0: right, well, yeah, I'm gonna because I I think we hit all the main points. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a big mess of time travel, and you, uh, and I think that's where it kind of hurts the film a little bit. Um, I, I, I enjoy it still because I like time travel movies. Um. And I think Nolan did okay writing it, to to enough where I, I could be like, I would like to see what he what else he could do with time travel, but not this convoluted in a way. Um,
1: you don't want a sequel?
0: I don't think it. Uh, I, no, I don't. God, yeah, that. he doesn't do sequels anyway. <laughs> well, besides Bat- two of
1: them. <laughs>
0: besides Batman. Okay, there you go. Um, I. I, I didn't enjoy it. I think this is his weakest film. Um, I I don't know. I I I don't know why. Uh, and it's not because of the confusion. And it's not because of the bad audio mi- mixing.
1: The well, confusion is what people like. That's what they like about... Uh, Christopher Nolan is... Um, I wish I could remember who said this. It might have been someone on Red Letter Media, but I can't remember. Christopher Nolan is like Michael Bay for smart people. Okay. Because it's like a bunch of the same high budget exploding gunshot bullshit. But there's always like those elements that when you figure them out, you feel like a smarty pants. Mm. Like his movies all have to be confusing, but at the end there's an aha moment. So you're like, Oh, I get it now. Memento inception, interstellar Tenet, the prestige They all have like big aha stuff at the end that make you feel like, oh, I'm smart. I understand this now. So and that's not that's not like bad. Like people say, oh, Michael Bay's terrible. So it seems like if I'm calling Christopher Nolan, the the smart Michael Bay, I'm saying that's bad. It's not. Michael Bay makes billions of dollars and so does Christopher Nolan. and He deserves it. He's an excellent filmmaker and an excellent director and writer. But it, at this point, it almost feels formulaic. It's like we're just going to make it confusing, and we're going to have a bunch of big action-y set pieces. And Tenet is, I think, the most indicative of that formula. It, it's the most, it is the most Christopher Nolan of Christopher Nolan's movies, if that makes any sense. That yeah. being said, I do like it better than Inception.
0: Okay, why?
1: I just Inception. I just. I feel like a lot of people like Inception more than they should uh, because part of it is star power. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's got got so-and-so on it, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, and -and and -and so-and-so. Like, they they love all that. And it was one of the first big Hollywood movies to do the whole, oh, it's so confusing. When I got out of the theater, I was, like, trying to figure it out. I had to see it again. I, I don't know. It just... I feel like the layers in Inception aren't as interesting as the layers to Tenet and Tenet really just has the one it, it these are the rules. We we explained it in act one and then they they abide by it. Inception, I feel like made up some shit along the way. I don't know. I just like tenet better. It's personal taste.
0: Well, I think Inception's more of a actual heist movie, like an Ocean's Eleven with uh
1: yeah, I mean, it's got the, the big ensemble cast, and it's it's literally about breaking into a place. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, I I, I just enjoyed them, how they explain the world building and what they're doing in dreams uh, for that movie, and I think that's why I enjoyed that more than Tenet. Um, I'm not saying Tenant's bad. I just... I was just like, it's a movie.
1: <laughs> I just like spy movies too much, so... Mm-hmm. So I I, I, my, I go, I lean to it. Like I said, it has some problems too. It's not, um, I like, I like Interstellar way more, but it's, it's I like it more than Exception though.
0: Zach, what about you?
1: Um, I ended up
2: liking it. All right. Um, I think honestly, it's interesting. Like the, the gimmick he came up with for this movie, which is reverse- inverted entropy or time travel whatever you want to call it is interesting in the way that he kind of presents it and everything like that but at the same time it kind of gets in the way of the movie and people i think being able to understand it very clearly Uh, i said i understand it pretty clearly but there's people that say it's too confusing um Like, I think it's fairly straightforward after a certain point. It isn't for a little while, Mm -hmm. but around, I want to say, probably after the halfway point of the movie, you feel like you know what's happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be confusing at some point. He's, like I said, he's the fish out of water. He's learning as he goes along, and we, the viewer, are learning with him. That's that's why it's interesting. That's storytelling. It's filmmaking 101.
2: I feel like it answered a lot of the questions or stuff that it left open for the most part the future shit was like whatever i feel like they just said we have to have a reason for this stuff to happen uh some shit happens in the future and then they pretty much never revisit it ever again
1: mm-hmm. it
2: never comes back up
1: i uh the, the only yeah i wanted to more, know more about the future stuff and i did get confused a couple times but it wasn't like major plot beats it was like in the finale everyone's wearing camo and a gas mask and you can't hear what they're saying that well and i got really confused who was who a couple like someone got shot, and then I was like, "Wait, who got shot?" Because at first I thought it was the Irish guy, but it wasn't. Or it, it, I think it turned out to be Robert Pattinson, but it was him in the future. so I don't. I was really confused because I couldn't <laughs> see who anyone was because they're all wearing goddamn gas masks. Yeah, or you know, their, a, a oxygen masks, whatever they. you know.
2: Yeah, you gotta pay attention to their little uh, armband. Yeah, yeah blue and
1: red. Yeah, I, I. It just it happened so quick. I didn't have time to like.
0: Well, did you know cat had a blue dress and a red dress? What? Cat had a blue dress and a red dress. Kind of like blue team red team.
1: I think mean, they're primary colors. So I don't feel like that's that's stretching that far. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're really married to these fan theories, aren't you? <laughs> well,
0: this wasn't a fan theory. Apparently, uh Nolan said that it has significance with the blue and the red. Oh,
1: uh, okay.
0: Wait, to shit on me, Andy. Well, they
1: also do <laughs> they also do it's uh the the colors in the two chambers of the Mm -hmm. turn style i noticed it's red
0: um i i I think i that's all i have to say i mean i recommend this film yeah me too um
2: i recommend it i i don't have any real strong opinion about it though like oh this is not as good as inception or better because i haven't seen inception since it came out and i've kind of
1: like memory hold it a little bit Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen I've seen it a few times since then I feel I feel I still feel confident being able to say that. I'd watch either one. If someone was like I really want to watch Inception, but like, yeah, put that sucker on. I've
2: just seen it once.
0: Man. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: All right, let's move uh, let's move to a good movie. Uh not saying I, Tenet's bad. Um but I
2: think I need to rejoin the call for a sec. My cameras are all messed up for you guys.
1: Okay. Oh. Well,
0: while he's doing that, um and it's probably going to mess up the cameras a little bit. <laughs> but who, who cares? Oh, he's back.
2: There. Yeah, they both froze up at some point. I don't know. They weren't frozen for me.
0: Yeah. So let's get into some inner styler. Um, as you can tell, it's about space travel. But it has many more other layers as well. Matthew McConaughey is the uh, the head honcho in this movie. And uh, there's a lot of good actors in this uh, John Lickow, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I adored when him. I
1: was watching it, I was like, don't let him fool you. He's already been to space. He came from there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, Michael Caine is in there. He's, you know, doing that po- poem throughout the whole movie, Rage.
1: He's got to be in every Christopher Nolan movie now, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: I think, uh, was it uh, one of the... Affleck brothers are in
2: there. I don't know.
0: Matt yeah. Damon's uh, a Casey, Damon. Casey Affleck. Yeah, he's the uh, Tom, the older guy who just lets his fucking children die of dust in their lungs and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it starts off with uh, Matthew McConaughey ha- having a nightmare. And then Murph saying, you know, are you having a nightmare? And he's like, go back to bed, Murph. Um, go
2: back to bed Murph <laughs> <laughs> do you, hang on a second do you do you have a, like a, a real strong opinion about Matthew McConaughey as an actor do, did either of you before this
1: So, I, honestly the only opinion I have is that everyone else's opinion seems to be negative and I, I, I can't figure out why like when when has he like really phoned in a bad performance like, he's fine right he's good like
2: He's like one of those guys where, you know how people will say, they'll they'll criticize him for this. They'll say, Jack Nicholson's just being Jack Nicholson. Mm. And that's like kind of, I don't really think that's fair. You can tell when somebody's just like, I'm just me, but I'm playing a character. He's playing a character, but I don't know. It get That would get into a whole discussion. I think he's kind of the same way. But I will say, I yeah, think that's sure. probably the best I've seen him do is in this movie.
1: Yeah, this is, this is my favorite Matthew McConaughey movie now.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think the last Matthew McConaughey movie I saw him, the last two movies that I saw him was Contact, because he was like Jodie Foster's like boyfriend and shit.
1: I fucking forgot he was in that.
0: Yeah.
2: I forgot he was in that, too.
0: And, I saw him
2: uh, in Sahara. That was a good movie. That's the
0: other movie, Sahara. So I was like, <laughs> that's the only two movies I saw him last. A
2: it's, yeah. it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Pretty good movie. It's like Indiana Jones, but Dollar General.
1: I always think about we are Marshall, just you know, because how can you not? But he's I, doing that
2: too. That too, yeah.
1: Right off Oh, the... and uh, his small part in uh, Wolf of Wall Street totally steals every scene he's in. That's right. Gonna, <laughs> those are rookie numbers, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna pump those numbers up.
0: <laughs> I mean, he he always plays the southern guy, obviously because he has the accent. And he's he from the southern guy. Yeah. He's a southern guy. Yeah. Southern guy. Yeah.
2: This movie enabled him to do the Lincoln commercials. I'm I'm convinced. After this movie, Lincoln was like, we need him to do our commercials. And he needs to act like that in all these commercials.
0: Got to find that balance. <laughs> um, right off the bat, I want to say the setting of pretty much. uh
1: I mean, you already showed your hand on this one. Not to interrupt, but you already said it's your favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Where I love it. Where do you it. go from there? Come
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like this. Uh, it's going to sound morbid of me, but I like the setting that like the planet's dying. <laughs> like, There's no the the food is like uh, having a shortage um, and like everybody is like going through. Uh, some people are going through college that uh, have high scores while others are becoming farmers.
1: Because that's the wor- what the world needs is farmers. The world is desperate for food. That's why farmers are so important.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. Um, it's like it's in the future. Like, I want to say this is like, what, maybe like 2030, maybe.
2: I feel like it's a little further
1: than that. Yeah, I thought it was a little. I, do they ever say? I don't think they do. This movie, by the way, does my favorite, my favorite version of a setup. All my favorite movies do the same thing and they don't talk down to you. you they just plop you right into the middle of what's going on and you got to figure it out mm-hmm. you're yeah. gonna you're gonna listen to what the characters are saying you're gonna be looking at the background you're gonna be looking at the situation and you're gonna figure out oh earth's screwed up there's all these problems he's talking to the teachers and and like they do say like you know farmers are important you're you're doing something important but they never flat out say hey because of all the famines farmers are really important now like they don't the, the script isn't idiotic like that you have to figure it out. The, the, you, the, the movie's not treating you like a dum dum. I love that. That's great. It, it just you're confused for a while, but you're still along for the ride. There's some drama between characters, but you're you're not exactly sure why yet. It, it's that's that's the best way to do it. I'm just sick of movies talking down to me. It's a
2: good confusion.
1: Yeah. And I because I want to know what's gonna happen,
0: yeah, and especially how they set up the beginning where you just see like these fucking old people talking about the time that's happening right now in the movie, where you're just like that's so cool.
1: I thought it was I thought it was people, and i it might still be, I meant to look this up. I thought it was people describing the dust Bowl,
0: no, that was uh people describing what's happening in the movie,
1: no, I mean, like the dialogue was taken from real life accounts of the Dust Bowl. that was my guess,
0: no, I think that was people. Again, uh I mean I know what you're saying, but like I think it's uh the older versions of people who lived during that time.
1: Exactly, you get what I'm saying. No, I get what you're saying, okay, what you're saying right.
0: but 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 those same people were in the building in the uh If you're talking behind the scenes maybe, maybe those yes, are... the
1: dialogue, the the, yeah. the writing, someone wrote the words they, that someone said about they the They recontextualize
2: what they were saying about the dust bowl and talk about what was going on in that movie. Okay. That's that's what he was saying.
0: Yeah, because I thought the old chick who played Murph was in that video. I I think
1: she was the first one. Yeah, she's the first one. We learn later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I I want to say that my favorite scene, uh, one of my favorite scenes, is when he goes to the parent-teacher conference and (laughs) like he talks about Tom. You know, because he's an idiot, he's going to become a farmer. Um, and then, like,
1: he
2: doesn't talk about
1: it that way. He, didn't say he was an idiot. <laughs> well,
0: the school did
1: a little rough.
2: The
0: school did they didn't
1: say he was no, they said he's got pretty good grades. Yeah, they said actually. he had good grades, and they were like, He's probably not going to college, he's gonna be a farmer like you. And he's like, What? No, he should go to college, he got good grades. Like, they said he had like a three point, yeah.
0: Tom, yeah, they,
1: they edited, well. Tom yeah, acted like an
0: idiot throughout the whole fucking film, though.
1: Yeah, I mean later on the guy's like a huge prick, but yeah. I'm just saying at the time, like he was a, he was a smart kid. He was, he doing was well. He was a prick, I, I, I an idiot. Losing, <laughs> losing both of your parents probably makes for a pretty rough later half of your childhood.
0: Yeah, I still I still think I mean they go you know he's he's not that smart enough to go to college, so he needs to be a farmer and save the world, and then all of a sudden to get to Murph. And the teacher saying, you know, these edited uh, history books and shit that we never oh. went to the moon and it's oh, propaganda. Yeah,
1: that, isn't that disgusting? Yeah. yeah. It hurts my stomach. <laughs> Especially now. Oh, man. I,
0: and I, I, I actually chuckled because I was like, the teacher goes, Well, we brought you in to see what you're going to do with your child and punish him. And I just said, This fuck, like, I know it's like uh, fiction and stuff, but I'm like, This fucking bitch telling. What to do with your child? Fuck off. And he's like, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. There's a, there's a ball game. I'm gonna get uh, we're gonna take her to the ball game. Uh we're gonna get some gonna see
1: the, the, the famous New York game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then it cuts to the scene. Uh, uh well it cuts to a scene where he's like, Well, I just got you suspended. And then he
2: comes right back out to the truck where she's waiting, he's like, You're suspended, by the way. <laughs>
0: i and uh another scene before that uh what that was a military drone right that they did they, they caught
1: yeah, he said it was from india or something yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah
0: so there
2: must like, what the fuck is going on he's chasing that drone and then
1: yeah, that's ran- what i'm talking about like he yeah. he gives you pieces of information but he never flat out says what's happening like you have to figure it out like it's been in the air for for 20 years because it's solar powered, but there's not really any war anymore because everyone's too busy trying to feed their populace. But that's that's stuff you have to figure out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does the same thing with Tenet where like all this, you know, future wars that we're going to be going. I'm like, I want to know what's happening to that. But you don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I like how <laughs> and, and this is where I say Tom is stupid, by the way, because there's a cliff. And he's driving, and he's like, "Well, I guess this is the part where I told you if you, you know, if you, you would drive off a cliff, you would, and all that stuff." He's like, "Well, he's like, you told me to drive, and that's why maybe, I."
1: S- maybe that's meant to uh, to demonstrate how much his children trust him, or something like that. Nah,
0: stop defending Tom. Tom's a fucking <laughs> idiot. It's
2: <laughs> an idiot later. It's not it's fair. Like, it's like when you help your dad, and you fuck up, or you don't, you don't know that's what that reminds me of it's okay. like you know if you have you ever held the flashlight for your dad and he yells at you while you're yeah. not and doing you, it right? all
1: you're doing is like holding it straight yeah it's <laughs> no of... hold
2: it hold it here yeah get me the, get me the ratchet what's the rat? I, I don't know help me yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's,
2: it's that kind of stuff
0: yeah um so you know they go to the baseball game that's when you start to see like the fucking dust storm pretty much happen and that's fucking scary dude like, I know this happened in, like, history with the Dust Bowl and everything. so I mean, It
1: happens now in places like the Middle East and Africa. Like, that's a real thing. Yeah. So, um, those are
2: places nobody cares about, though. All right, <laughs> <don't know>,
0: <laughs> <someplace else. laughs> <laughs> um, You know, then they go home, uh, and then they start to... Uh, Murph starts to talk about the ghost and shit. Um, well, she talks about it before, but, like... This is where uh Matthew McConaughey's character uh sees like the binary thing with the gravity and the blinds.
1: Yeah, the dust coming in through the the window from the storm and it's making a bunch of lines in the floor.
0: I just love how Matthew McConaughey talks in this movie. It's not more, it's more, it's binary. It's coordinates. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh you know they he gets the coordinates and he drives and he tells Murph not to come with him and she was hiding under the fucking uh, was that a blanket or looked like
2: yeah. something like that yeah it's like yeah. a bunch of blankets I was surprised like he drove all fucking day and all night to this place non-stop I was like damn dude did you y'all get tired <laughs> That's exhausting. Driving for a really long time is
1: exhausting. I know I'm not meant to think about such things, but I kept thinking, like, if the world is, is in such dire straits, I'm impressed that he's able to afford the gas he needs to drive all goddamn day.
2: Yeah, because he's in, like, a Dodge Ram 3500.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got like, kind of like a, a dually truck or something. <laughs> it's like, jeez, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that truck's gotta get like
2: 10 miles per gallon.
1: <laughs> well, I guess he's, like, uh super science know-how guy he like programmed all the tractors and stuff with gps maybe he's got a more fuel efficient vehicle i guess it
2: could be a diesel Diesels are more fuel
1: as long as it's on he could yeah that that makes more sense
0: remember i'm an engineer because he told the teacher that or the (laughs) principal whatever he's a pilot yeah
1: and an engineer
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and a scientist (laughs) he's just a fucking renaissance man (laughs) he's a smart guy he's a smart guy
0: I love his quotes. He's like, we once looked at the stars. Now we're looking at dirt or something. Like yes.
2: <laughs> I agree with him though, man. Cause I'm like, I don't know. This movie is all about like mostly kind of space shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm really into that kind of stuff. I always have been since I was a kid. I, I still read about space and articles and I'm reading about all the new black holes and all that stuff. So this movie is like super entertaining to me on that level.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I like that it plays with the idea of like global warming and all that stuff, and like going to a new planet, finding life, and like living there. And then there's like two divisions: like we should be worrying about our planet, and other people are just like we should just get the fuck out of here <laughs> and ruin somebody else's planet. I guess. Uh, so uh, he
1: says, uh, "Mankind was born on this planet, but it wasn't meant to die here."
0: Yeah, it's another good quote as well. Um, so he gets to the gate, and like this blinding light happens, and you hear somebody. It's and then you find out it's Tars. Uh, as a...
2: <laughs> you hear like mechanical noises and shit, <laughs> it just sounds like power armor or something. <laughs> oh my god! Is there like are, are people like space marines now? No, it's actually just a giant square robot.
1: <laughs> How cool is the design of the robots? Like at first, it seems dumb, but the more I thought about it, the more it felt like. I, I like they, they show that it works, like it's 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 operable, but it has like a weird like fifties future feel to it. Kinda. Except
2: except not at the same time. Yeah,
1: but at the same time like like you know something I, I, I can't describe it. It, it. it it's both simultaneously retro future and like realistic sci-fi Present day, future. Like, I, I don't, I don't. Know, I liked them. I liked both the robots. They're really cool dudes. Yeah, you know, it's
2: like at first, it's like they're it's like, oh, okay, it's a robot, and apparently they're fairly intelligent, or their programming is good, yeah, or Programming, yeah, And well, then it's like, okay, it's a rectangle standing up with two smaller rectangles, and it kind of does this to move. Yeah. And then later on, you see it just turns into a wheel. and It starts like moving around.
1: i ever think of
2: like did. sprint and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn, it can pick people up, do all these really like complex actions.
0: Yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey's character, like, talks to TARS, like, like, Cooper, Cooper's a Co- Cooper there you go. Coop. Uh, Cooper, uh, talks to these, uh, TARS in case, and it, th- apparently that's what the military was, like.
1: Yeah, he, he, he calls him a Marine at some point, because he's, you know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. reprogram, he used to be a Marine, I'm gonna reprogram you, you're gonna be a vacuum cleaner or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So this is uh, the only downside I have to say about Matthew McConaughey is when he's acting his part. He's like, "I want to know where my daughter is. Is she alive?" And it, I didn't feel like he was worrying about his daughter at all. I I don't. Okay. I don't he I don't know. It felt very uh, hokey when he said it. Like he, I didn't feel the emotion that he was scared that you know these government official or whoever these people are are gonna kill his child. But then again, seeing, like, I guess these robot marine rectangle things, maybe he would feel that way, I guess. I think he
2: was, like, kind of incredulous, and then also kind of angry. He knew he was being, like, detained by the government, essentially.
1: I did get a huge kick, though, because he's, like, being detained by the government, and it's, like, this secret shadowy organization, and they put him around a table, and he's like, I just don't want you to kill me, I want you to guarantee the safety of my daughter, and they're like, dude, we're NASA, like. Out. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, like, do you know who we are he's like no we're nasa and he's like
1: oh. <laughs> oh okay never mind you guys are all nerds then i could probably beat you up
0: <laughs> michael kane was very michael kaney in this one it's like there's where's...
1: an actor who just plays himself anymore it's just christopher Nolan says michael kane i'm a yeah you're gonna make a movie and you need to be, be old in it all right when
0: where do i need to be in when? <laughs> Cooper, do you know where you are? <laughs> You're <a> NASA <Nasher. laughs> And uh that's where you know, fucking the sliding doors and shit, and there's a fucking shuttle just sitting in there. Um and you find out like they're trying to build the space station so that they could like live near Saturn and stuff by the, the black hole. Plan A. Yeah, plan Not A. The black
2: hole, the wormhole. What is the difference?
0: Didn't they call it like? Mean? Didn't they call it a black hole? At, well, at I think they in? do call it a black hole. A few yeah. Times, yeah. They, well, they it's call, a call it. It's a
2: hole and it's black. So. It's a wormhole. Do you they, know what a white hole is?
0: No. Uh,
1: uh, we'll talk about that later.
0: Okay. Gargantua is what they start calling it.
1: It's a hole that light doesn't escape from. I don't know. That's
2: that's the black hole that's in the galaxy through the wormhole.
0: Alright, we'll 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 get to that <laughs> window window. Yeah, just...
1: when we... After they get through the wormhole, the universe or the galaxy that they're in has a collapsed star that is itself a black hole. That's what that, I said. That, that's why the time dilation is there, but not back on Saturn.
2: I yeah. gotta say something real quick, though, about that, because where they go over there...
1: A, it's scientifically inaccurate? I'm sure you're gonna say that. No, no, I'm know.
2: not gonna nitpick <laughs> the science of it. All it's meant right, to be entertaining. Yeah. Um, the, i will i am sort of nitpicking this science just a touch though now when they go through there and they go it's like let's check out the first planet because they have like a short list of planets to check out it's like yeah, what three, three three or four three of them yeah and then it's like okay let's go to this first one they get down there and it's like water yeah water worlds. yeah it's it's water world but it's like hang on a second like did you not really think this through <laughs> the fucking planet is like Tightly locked around a black hole what the hell do you think that's going to do to the tides on that fucking planet?
1: I thought that too like when you see the wave it immediately clicks oh the mass of gravity it seems like all these scientists on this space vessel would have like considered that a little bit. But
2: that's the only that's the only one.
1: That's that's though I'll give it to them in this regard all they knew is they were getting a signal that said it could sustain life and or it had life they didn't know that it was like a water world Man.
2: I would as soon as I as soon as I got down on there and I saw all this water, I'd be like, we need to get out of here. <laughs> this is not. Good. They
1: needed. She needed to find the recording box or what the fuck ever. And look what happened.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Look what happened. They lost Doyle. Yeah, Doyle dies. Dude,
0: I got pissed well. off when Doyle got killed. Um,
1: he wasn't in the movie much. I yeah. was kind of surprised by that. They needed they needed to create more conflict between Cooper and Brand, I think. So mm-hmm. she's responsible for this happening. He's being a dick about it because he doesn't want all this time to pass because he's worried about saving his family.
0: Yeah. So before that, before they get into the big water world and all that stuff, uh, you know, Cooper agrees to be on the mission. They talk about the Lazarus missions. That's why they have to visit those planets. Um then Murph gets angry. Um, that's He's leaving. yeah. I I I want to say the child Murph. She did really well in this film. Um, yeah, she w- it's,
1: uh We we we've talked about it on the show before. It's so hard to find a child actor that's really good, but she's one. Of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like the part where like uh, Cooper goes, "Hey, here, look at my clock. Uh, you know, by the time I come back, we're gonna be the same age." And she just turns around and goes
2: the freaks are the hell out. Yeah.
0: yeah. You, you, you don't know when you're coming back. And then, you know, that's when you see the the fucking books fall off and shit and and Matthew McConaughey is like, there "Ain't no ghost in here." He shuts the door.
2: <laughs>
1: well, something else important happens is she says she figured out what the Morse code stay. in the books was. It's "Stay." And he's just like brushes it aside.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I I and I I think this is where he's like you know, I have the opportunity to redeem myself on what he did in the mission where he crashes and then um also to save the world, because, you know, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but Michael Caine just fucking <laughs> sends him off uh, to pretty much have the Earth die.
1: <laughs> yeah. I- I, we, we don't need to, I, I don't think we should try to describe the plot beginning to end. It's a long movie and yeah,
0: well, uh, I'm I'm skipping a lot of shit, but yeah, like the, the water world uh, part was interesting. I mean, I, the only thing I'll defend with that is that the beacon went off and that was their, their mission. Yeah. Um,
1: someone sent a beacon that said, Hey, this, we could do life here. You should come here. And they had to go there to pick up that person anyway. Because they're going to be in like hyper sleep or whatever, yeah. so they're going to rescue the person, and get out of there. And of course, I didn't go.
0: Yeah, I I like the whole, you know, because it's near a wormhole or a black hole, whatever you want to say, a white hole,
2: a black, a black hole,
0: black hole. Uh, that <laughs> what was the time if you go down to the planet in hours, like seven years or something like that? Something like that, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Apparently, um, some friend at work told me this. I guess in the music of that part part of that track is a ticking clock but like each tick each second is like a certain amount of time so if you pay attention to that scene you can tell how much time passes if you count the ticks of the clock in the track yeah mm-hmm. that's cool yeah uh Kate- again I, I said it before the sound soundtrack in this movie fucking owns it is great yeah Hans Zimmer i love the music it. in this movie real quick uh I, two two sub tangents you know because we're already we're already in the other galaxy but before that this movie has a lot in common with 2001 Mm -hmm. it's a it's it's a group of astronauts that have been chosen they're gonna go to this mysterious black object that has been placed in our galaxy out by one of the gas giants they're on this mission that's gonna better mankind so in that in that way the beginning the act one is is basically 2001 a space odyssey except when they get there instead of it being a monolith it's a black hole and then the rest of the movie happens except later on one of my favorite parts uh when he's adrift after doing all the the cockamamie black hole stuff if you listen the music track resolves with the same series of notes that the 2001 theme does it's so cool it gave me chills i love it to death it's great yeah
2: I kind of felt that too.
0: I also want to uh, commend how they did going through a black hole. That was really fucking cool. Like you can see the like the stars all bent and shit. Like the yeah. the just space in general is all bent around it, and it looked like they were like surfing on the like I guess whatever surface there is in the black hole if there I is mean, one.
2: To me, it was like it got to the point where it was just unintelligible. You had no idea what was happening. It was just. Crazy spaceship because we've never seen it. Mm -hmm. You know? We we won't in our lifetime, probably. No, no, no. So
0: And that's where like you see like time travel in a way, because then you see like Cooper, who's like I guess floating in that fucking black hole horizon, whatever, like does a handshake to fucking uh Dr. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I, like, oh,
2: that's cool. Because I was like, what the hell's going on there when that first happens? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh yeah. okay. Yeah.
1: I uh I I don't think I'm being too exceptionally smart about this, but I did figure out the end of this movie, and it didn't make it any less entertaining. I still loved the rest of the movie. But they're talking about he's talking about going back, and um the one scientist is saying, I'd like to if you can launch a probe to get near the black hole. We can get this data and it's gonna help solve that equation. And going into it would blah, blah blah blah. That's when I figured out that's what's gonna happen. Someone's gonna wind up inside that black hole and it's gonna it's gonna cause all that other stuff to happen. Like I kind of I started figuring it out. I didn't get all the all the beats, but I was like three-quarters of the way there, but it was still super exciting to get there. And honestly, it wasn't that much after that anyway,
0: but yeah. So before we get to uh mad gaming, um I have a question to you guys. Now, I know it's the movie. Um, and...
1: There's a fan theory that... Murph no, no, no. Is no. actually no. the president of the Soviet Union. I'm playing... And a... her dog is the aliens. No. Of which there are not. The demons.
0: Dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is a question of hypothetical more than a fan theory. So... Do you think I mean, obviously, Edmund's planet was the one because she, uh, Dr. Brand is at the end of, in on Edmund's planet, correct? Our lover.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. she buries him, presumably.
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder. If things would have been different then, do you think uh, if they went to Edmund's planet that Matt uh, Cooper would go back home?
1: Probably he no one would have been able to stop him. They probably would have enacted the same plan that they were going to do on, on Ice World. Yeah, but if
0: they, if they went, we're
1: bringing it back in the ship. We're going to launch a probe near the black hole. We're gonna like everything would have just gone the way they said it was going to go.
0: Yeah, but I they have that realization because there's a uh on Matt Damon's planet is when you know Murph goes on is like Dr. Brand, you know, your father's dead, and then she goes, Did you know? You know that you're just gonna let us all die, and he didn't have the ending of the equation, and that's when Matt Damon's like, "Yeah, he 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 was never gonna solve that shit, <laughs> pretty much." And uh, that's when Cooper's like, "I gotta get back home. You guys fucking bamboozled me, and you just needed me for my piloting skills and all that stuff." Even though they were gonna use someone anyway, but he's like the most uh, certified one out of everybody. Um, so like the if they went to Edmund's planet one they would have had a place and probably could have done plan A and went back home together right but then again you wouldn't have a movie is what I'm trying to say
1: yeah uh, I mean interesting stuff happens anyway but it wouldn't have been as interesting it wouldn't have been as much drama
0: so this, this is the first time you guys watching this movie did you did you think that Matt Damon was lying
1: not at first Okay. When they start walking off by themselves, I think, I think you start getting some, some clues and I hate to say it, but one of them is the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack kind of starts being like, like spooky, creepy, like something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong. And it, obviously it's the music that makes you feel that way. So I, I started to think what could go wrong. Matt Damon betrays them. And, and plus there's the whole, um, they, they, they. Intercut it with they're trying to work on the broken robot because they need parts from it, and there's there's some suspicion there as well, and it all it just goes on top of each other, and you start figuring it out. Like at first, he's like, "No, no, no!
2: I insist. Don't touch him. Uh-huh. Like I need it needs to have a human touch or something like that." He pretty much tells Tars to not work on his robot.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So was there a bomb in that robot? Is that what
2: yeah? <laughs> yeah, the robot exploded. He set self destruct so he can kill Doctor uh, Doctor Guy. Yeah, the doctor I guy, the guy. I forgot cool. his name. He was cool.
0: <laughs> the guy that they left on the uh, what was it? Twenty
1: seven years. Twenty. Yeah, he's like, like,
2: he's like, you guys have been gone for twenty three. I've given up hope.
1: I've been here for twenty three, and she's like, <laughs> "Why didn't you hypersleep?" He's like, "Well, at some point, I just I was bored. I was like, oh whatever. I didn't think you were coming back."
0: <laughs> I was sleeping too much. I got fucking bored. Uh, so th- then that's when uh, because of his uh. You know, sending probes into the black hole. Uh, Tars has the the quantum uh, equation of you know of d- building the space station to plan A and all that stuff. Um,
2: Not plan B, which was leave fucking sack can- canisters of fertilized eggs on some planet and just being like, "Good luck."
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, I want to talk about. Matt Damon played a really good crazy guy, by the way.
1: Yeah, he yeah. did a pretty good job in this movie.
0: Yeah. Even for, like, right. small parts.
1: Not just does he do a good job being a crazy person, though. One of my favorite scenes is when he first wakes up and he, like, didn't expect to ever see another human being again, so he's really emotional. He just does a great job at that part. That, that scene's really good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, like, when he takes the communicator off and, like, he starts fucking head headbutting uh, Matthew McConaughey. He's like, there's a 50-50 chance that you might die. He's like, that's the best idea I ever had. And <laughs> he starts fucking cracking it. Uh, that was cool and then he like did the line he's like are you starting to see your kids you know because he's surviving and all that stuff and he's about to-
1: fucked up shit man yeah that's that pretty yeah. rough talking about how he, I can't watch I thought I could but I can't yeah like, dude, dude it's fucking cold blooded.
2: that was like also though when they came back off the water world and he's like yeah you guys have been gone for this long you got messages and then like he pretty much watches his kids yeah he watches old. his
1: son like get into a relationship get married have a kid the kid dies yeah, yeah. Like all at once, holy! He just kid, like just, that is like, rough to watch.
2: And he's just bawling. I was like, "Damn, yeah." Is, oh, jeez. Uh, there was uh,
0: there were so many memes made out of Matthew McConaughey crying at a, a I, TV.
1: I can remember <laughs> a few of them. Yeah. yeah, I recall that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that that was a that was a sad part too. Um, then you know. Th- uh, that's when you were introduced of Murph being older and you'd be like, you son of a bitch. You know, this is the time that you said you were going to be back and we're both the same age and all this shit. And that's when he starts to like start sobbing and shit. <laughs> I got
1: me. I got me too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mur- uh, Older Murph played really well. Um, The actress. Jessica
1: uh,
2: Chastain. She's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. For sure.
0: Uh, Then... You know, she interacts with uh, Casey Affleck, which is Tom. And Tom is, like, morbid and shit because, you know, his son died and both the parents are dead and now Grandpa's dead. Uh, and he's, like, the head honcho of, like, keeping that farm alive. Um, the kid is sick and his his wife is sick because of the, the dust and shit. And Murph has to, you know, sneak... The guy that guy from the 70 show or
2: Topher Grace. Yeah. I was like, wait yeah, a minute, because it was weird. I saw, I saw that on the X-ray thing. I'm like, wait, that's Topher Grace? Because I haven't seen him in
1: fucking anything since like Spider-Man 3.
0: Yeah.
1: He <laughs> so, took me a minute to I was like, I know I know him from somewhere. And then I started figuring it out, and I was like, Oh, oh, weird. <laughs> odd.
0: Yeah, so he uh he he was the doctor, and he's like, they're, they're, they're bad. We need to get the fucking out of here, And pretty much. Uh, you know, he tells her to get the fuck out. Uh, punches the doctor in the face, and I digress on that. They go back, burn the fucking farm, and they try to get out, and that's where, simultaneously, two things happen. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about, like, Matt Damon trying to get onto the station, and he fucks up the docking.
1: That's that's an important scene because they're talking about how Cooper is like a badass pilot. Oh, he! They brought you to us. You're perfect. It turns out to be him who brought them, brought him to them. But that doesn't matter. You're a great pilot. We need you to do this mission. We need you. And up until that point, like, yeah, kinda. Like he he pulled some pretty some pretty cool maneuvers there on Waterworld and a few other times. But that's the first time that like it's clear he's doing something that. Other pilots probably would not have been able to pull off.
0: Oh, there's a but uh, that that part that you're talking about because he he does that other famous quote where he's like Tars. I don't know if it was Tars or Casey like Cooper. It's impossible. No Tars. It's necessary. And.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like something an astronaut would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he should have said, never tell me the odds. That's what he should have said. But okay. Uh, <laughs> That's
2: pretty tense. That's pretty tense. Just watch that docking sequence. Yeah. It seems
1: really cool. It's just like spinning around. He's like, all right, let's it go. It reminded let's me do. a lot of gravity, which I guess came out right around the same time. I think they were in theaters at the same time.
2: I believe so. Yes. weird space movies came out all at once. And it was like, after I got done watching this, it reminded me there was that, and there was the Martian with Matt. Oh Vandy.
1: yeah. The Martian was around that time too. And
2: as Ed Astra or
1: whatever. Ad oh. oh. Astra was well. I mean. Yeah, I still good. really. I haven't seen that yet. It's on my list though. Oh, the Bra- I like, Brad. Brad like Pitt. Space shit.
0: Yeah, the Ad Astra, is good, by the way, with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I like the communication between Tars and in case and Matthew uh, C- Cooper. By the way, because I like the part. Uh, what is your humor settings at a hundred percent? Let's bring that down to 90. And then he like throws a joke. He's like, how about 75? (laughs) And um, that's cool. Uh, Then that's when they like think, you know, how we're going to get home because she needs to still do saving the world. And he still wants to go home. um, And he kind of tricks her, (laughs) which which, in my opinion, is kind of fucked up a little bit. Now, hear me out. Like, I know he has to get back to his kids and shit, Uh, but she's alone with these two robots. Well, now one, because it's Case uh, that's with her, but she's alone. That does a lot of damage to you.
2: Well, I don't think he thought he was going back home. He was sacrificing himself is the way he looked at it, Uh because everything that we knew about black holes was you fucking go that fucker. You're gone. You're you're done (laughs) up to that point. Yeah, but uh, because he was like, "Hey, they they say Newton's law of gravity, man. You gotta lose something to
1: keep going fast." And I think Cooper thought he was coming home though, because he thought he'd see his family again, right? Yeah, well, I didn't think that.
2: I didn't think that, that from that scene.
1: Well, he
0: he tricked her still, because it was just gonna be Tars. Tars was the only one that's supposed to go through, because he had the the quantum data. Uh. I don't. I think Cooper was just gonna do thrusters or whatever with the other one, uh, because he was gonna make it. I don't know a spin maybe more or something.
2: I think he knew from being a good pilot and all that stuff and all the physics and everything that they really couldn't make it unless he also dropped off too.
1: Yeah, but well, they had to send they had to send Brand on her way. Like she was still their their plane was still to send her to the other planet so that she could propagate the human race like so just in case he, his their plan to get the information for the black hole failed michael kane's dr brand's plan was going to fail anyway they still needed to enact that so it's like look we're gonna have to go our separate ways but you can't project yourself with no fuel without doing this other thing how did she land i wondered
0: you don't really see uh,
1: i think case probably did it yeah it makes sense actually never mind I yeah because
0: had- cooper yeah. makes that comment case knows what to do he has all the yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's sure. like, I learned from the best. And uh so this is where uh because I actually talked to a lot of people that I know, and now I'm talking to you guys. This is where a lot of people get turned off in the movie, is this part when he drops through the black hole and then goes into the fifth dimension space that was built by I guess future humans in a way. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably. Um so you know, he, he gets dropped into the black hole and then like his ship disappears. And he's in this like three dimensional uh, visual of this fifth dimensional space. Um, and he has to pick a time uh, where he's going to be giving this vital information. Uh, and the one place he knows that he could get that information is to his kid Murph. Because of love, and they they speak about love and connection and all that stuff. Because I think Doctor Brand says something about love.
1: Well, yeah, she's she's saying like she wants to go to the other planet because uh, the guy that she loved was there, and she, she talks about love as a motivating factor. And they're scientists, so they're like, "No, that's stupid. Yeah, we're not going to follow love. We're going to follow logic. We're going to go see Matt Damon."
0: Yeah. But Look
1: what that got him <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly and then later because of his love of his daughter he saves the human race like that's you know that's
0: yeah and that's where a lot of people go well, that's kind of dumb I'm like
1: really fuck those people
0: yeah it's just like <laughs> this story like you saw the connection between him and Murph like I want to say that like I he loves Tom but I think he loves Murph a little bit more because he sees himself in Murph and she proves that because she, you know, uh well she gets the equation from tars.
1: She saves the human race rather. Yeah. I really like uh they they named the station after me and the woman laughs. It's not named after you, It's named after your daughter. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs>
0: so that's when you start to see like the the endless like bookshelves of like time and you know that's when he, you know, Bang the uh, the space modular off the, the shelf and then, then he did the Morse code with the book saying stay and then he's yelling at himself to stay he's like stay you idiot, stay and then that's when he banged and that one book fell and he turned around and then just left uh, and then you know he thought of the idea of putting Morse code, which by the way you have to be really good with Morse code to ha- like do all that equation stuff in this fifth dimensional space, I'm just hitting. Well, he had,
1: TARS. he had TARS there to do it. He said, TARS, give me binary for the lat long for the location of NASA. And he gives it to him.
0: Yeah, well, they do the the dust thing. He does that. But I'm talking about the the watch. The watch is where he, he gives the oh, equation yeah. data. Uh, and then.
1: Well, he, he has to have it memorized because he was a an officer in the. presumably the Air Force before he was in NASA.
0: Mm hmm. I, I really like that scene um, because. Uh, it's, it's interesting because we don't know what fifth dimension looks like. And and I'm not right. saying that, that what it looked like, but that's a visual representation of what... It's
1: the same thing as going into that black hole, or the wormhole or whatever. Like, we can't possibly know what that looks like. And in the, in the instance of a fifth dimension, I don't even know if we would be able to perceive what that looks like. I think that's, you know, the whole point. So yeah. they got to make up something. Yeah,
0: and, and it kind of makes it like the world this is why I like Nolan because he does all this world building, but he doesn't go into deep detail and I don't want to know the world, uh, but it can kind of makes you wonder what else you could do in this space that he was in. Like,
1: yeah, like sometimes, sometimes I kind of wish, uh, uh, Hideo Kojima would take a little page out of that book like sometimes things can just be things and mm. I don't need to read like six pages and listen to someone yell at me over the radio about it for an hour like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes things can just work okay
0: <laughs> yeah so like the what happened there I was like this is awesome like you know seeing like again I'm interested in time because time is literally an illusion to us on how we look at things you Know time is starting and ending at the same time, and it's just like you know, all that events that happen, yeah. yeah whoa, dude, uh, have
2: you ever done DMT? <laughs> what do you Come, do?
0: on, this is Come
1: on, it's just nobody. Come
0: on, what are you, Joe Rogan? If could,
1: yeah, if I could Joe Rogan over here, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, like I, I don't know, I, I, I digged it, and I like the part where you see him do the handshake with uh, Dr. Brand, which that was cool. <laughs> I guess, like, maybe sitting in the black hole, like, just drifting and shit, like, oh, shit, let me go shake her hand. He just sticks her hand in there. I don't know. It,
2: you saw a moment yeah. in time that would be lost like tears. <laughs> I uh,
0: it. And, um, after that part, and, you know, the the fifth dimension goes away and he's just drifting in space, apparently, and then he gets picked up at the Saturn. They're in Saturn. That's a Saturn station, right? But uh, that they were at
2: they, the the station, they f- flew off Earth. The plane a is, I guess, orbiting around
1: Saturn.
0: Yeah. Well, they made it clear that there's more stations, right?
1: There is or will be something like that. Be-
0: yeah. Because Murph traveled from one station to another. Uh, because she found that
1: <laughs> one, one of the things about the movie like that seemed weird, it didn't seem to match the rest of the tone, is that whole really rushed sequence at the end where uh, old Murph is like, oh, you need to go out there, Dr. Brand is somewhere setting up for our new home. And he just like steals uh, a, a spacecraft like off the dock or something. It just seemed a little cartoony to me. It seemed a little like... <laughs> a little like Hitchhiker's Guide, Star Wars, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. That, was weird.
0: <laughs> that confused
1: me because the guy's just got like a clipboard. He's like, "What? The spacecraft is gone." Hey,
2: you said Christopher Nolan was the smart, uh, goddamn what's his Michael name? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah. So there you go. You got that's what it is.
1: <laughs> I'm you
2: know, Michael it, I mean, it's fun.
1: You. It's like it's like oh, ha ha. Yeah, you know, he just took it.
0: Well, I don't know what type of government they have. I don't know if it's still the same government and there's a president and all that stuff. And, you know, uh, Murph is not like high in the rank to be like, yeah, you can take one of our ships and go find brand. So I think that's what I looked at. Like, uh, I also
1: thought it was weird that they basically were like, here, you can live in this museum. It's your house. Weird. That's weird. <laughs> That's bizarre. Not, I've been <laughs> living in a house where a bunch of TVs tell me about, like, the shitty, the shitty past I left behind.
0: <laughs> and if if I remember correctly, he wasn't too fond of it. Like, No, he,
1: yeah, he said it was never this clean and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I was like, wow, wait a Like, I guess, you know, they're in this station. They don't have, like, they can't just be like, oh, you could live in this type of real estate. So it's probably... Limited, and you're just like, yeah, you know what? Stick him in his own home. <laughs>
2: I don't know why they just don't live on Saturn. They could just wrangle all those sandworms and everything.
0: <laughs> um, trying to think what else. Uh, another sad scene is when he sees Murph on the bed dying. Uh, again, you know, um, you know, I, the, the, I think the part that broke me is like, you know, a father should never see their children die. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> damn, it, you got me. And then she, she pointed to the watch and shit. And that's when I start losing. And I'm like, God damn it. I hate you. No one got me again. Um, but yeah, the, the ending was, was a nice touch. Uh, the, the music was great. Like you said, Andy. I, from beginning to end, every scene was great. Uh, it was shot great. It was written great. It was written by him and his brother. For this film. I thought
2: they did most of the writing. In all those movies together. His brother. I think Tenet
0: he did it by himself. I'm I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. I I highly enjoyed this film. Like I said. Every time I watch it. I'm just glued to my screen. I don't want to be distracted by anything. Um, But yeah. What about you guys? What, What do you guys think about the movie? Uh, Anything you hate about it or like about it, just, you know.
2: I hate the part where he goes in the black hole. That pisses me off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I really like this movie. Uh, I was pretty heavily captivated by it. I haven't really watched a movie like that in a long time. Mm. Where I just, I was just, uh, in fact, I was, this is proof of it. I was, I started Laundry before I watched this movie. And I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I left it like in the dryer and it didn't finish drying. And it was like two in the morning when I was done. And I was like, fuck, Yeah, that's
1: that's that's a good that's a good uh measuring too. Because when I was watching and I paused it twice because I had to do other stuff. Uh, with Interstellar, I yeah, similarly, like I thought I was gonna do a couple of things. No, I watched I sat and watched the whole two hours and fifty minutes. Like I it's didn't pre- get away from this movie.
2: It's a pretty long movie, like we talked about, like not every movie almost three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't feel the length of it at all. I was totally into it. And I was paying attention to like a lot of stuff that was going on. And of course I was scrutinizing the science sometimes, but also appreciating the science fiction
1: of it. Yeah. Some of it, like I assume if I Googled it, there would be like, Oh, well scientists think that possibly something blah, 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 blah. I, I I tried my best to just enjoy it because it, it feels like grounded sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. And I I wanna just take it for what it is. Like frozen clouds, I assume that's possible, I guess. I'm not gonna Google it though. I'm gonna I'm gonna let my my brain just assume that frozen clouds are a thing. You know what I mean?
0: Well yeah. I mean, then again, we don't know what other Elements and shit, uh, chemistry that is happening in, on the other side of the galaxy and shit. Yeah, I mean, the, we have no clue. Yeah.
1: yeah. We, we don't know what the inside of a black hole looks like. It could look like that. I doubt it, but.
0: Could be a Metallica concert. Who knows? Um, wow. <laughs> do you, is, did you ever try DMT? I
2: don't <laughs>
1: know. There's, there's a reason it was called the Black Album. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I. I I highly recommend it. I I'm guessing these guys are gonna say uh, highly recommend because this oh, was... movie's
1: a masterpiece. It yeah. is great.
0: Mm-hmm. So go watch uh, if you haven't. If you just we spoiled it for you uh, and you're just like, what were they talking about? Go see it. Yeah. Uh, who are we going with? Are we going with uh, Andy's picks or Zach's picks, Nick?
1: I don't know. I'm ready. It's I didn't know if Zach had two movies chosen.
2: I had three tentatively, <laughs> not not all three. No, I mean like between I'm got to pick two out
1: of three. Well, you want you want me to do mine next week? If, I guess if you want. Okay, um, we we discussed it a little bit. I'm rolling back one of my choices a little bit. I decided after a long deliber- deliberation that I mean, if we're going to talk about one of my favorite directors, it's got to be Akira Kurosawa. God damn it, he, he might be number one favorite director, but I I, I couldn't swear to it um obviously the kurosawa movie is seven samurai but i don't want to give seven samurai split billing i would really like one day down the road for us to find an excuse to watch just it plus also it's three hours and 27 minutes long so it's Mm. a little bit of mercy here we're not gonna watch seven samurai but we are gonna watch high and low and we're gonna watch jujimbo which is the inspiration for a certain western movie but i'm sure everyone already knows about that so next for next week you gotta watch High and Low uh, from 1950 and Yojimbo from No no is nineteen fifty. I can't remember. Watch High and Low and Yojimbo for God's sake. Is
0: this on the Crichton channel? Uh
1: it is on the Criterion channel. Criterion and I don't know where else it is. I don't know. We'll 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 discuss it. If you guys need some sign-ins or something, I can hook you up. I own them both on Blu-ray, so.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, so watch those movies and then come back and then we'll uh We'll talk about it just like how we always do here in Big Trouble Podcast. There's not really a lot of news that to bring up. Uh, E3 is around the corner, so that's when all the gaming news is going to happen. Um, the only thing I could say is that there is rumors that <laughs> there's a new PS5 design that's happening. Uh, and rumors, whatever. Yeah, uh, whether that be if they're just going to use cheaper te- uh, parts to like. Uh, rebuild it, or make it look better. Um, that's all I know about. So
2: I, I heard it's staying the same, the look of it is.
0: Yeah, which I don't understand. I, I don't really like the design of the PS5 at all. Uh, I'll,
1: I'll give them this. It's unique. It's eye-catching. Like, if you see a PlayStation 5, there's no mistaking that it's a PlayStation 5. But if you see an Xbox Series X, it's like, is that a mini-fridge? Oh, is that, Oh, it's a computer. Oh, it's a game console. Oh. Yeah. Is that the monolith? Is that the monolith from 2001? There
0: is a mini first. I
1: suddenly understand tool usage. No, I, mean, I, I get it. I get what Sony was going for, and they nailed it. It's pretty unique, I guess.
0: Man, it's a, it's a big UFO. They uh, should
2: make it look like the box from Batman Forever. That's what they should make it look like. That oh big my God. The green thing over top of your TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it reads your mind and shit. But I think we'll end it here, guys. Um, Remember, if you want to catch more Big Trouble Little Podcasts, make sure you go on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, type in Big Trouble Little Podcasts, and you see all our episodes. Uh, We also did, me and Zach uh, finally talked about Resident Evil 6. That's on the Nemesis Project. If you go to the same thing, it's on there. Uh, And and then I think we're doing WrestleMania 9 next to close out since – WWE Network fucked it up for us to, you know, do the old shows and shit. Um, So keep an eye out for getting some color. Uh, But other than that, we will end the show. We will see you guys next week. Later, dudes.
1: Thanks for listening.